I couldn't help but wonder, when had the Cold War between married and singles gotten so hot? Could we really blame the marrieds for their Upper East Side block? This is Sass in the City. Each week, the Sass Pistols, Ashley J, Brittany G, and Suze Liu discuss the show that launched a thousand cosmos. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. All right, this <laughs> week we are joined by a very special guest star. Guest, guest, Token, token married. Yes, <laughs> token married. Jesse, our yeah. favorite married friend, a longtime supporter of the podcast, who's gracious enough to host long-time us. Longtime supporter. Sorry. Long-time supporter. <laughs> <laughs> like episode three. <laughs> I've been supporting you since episode one. <laughs> episode zero. Episode zero. Episode zero. The true. Prologue. Since your prologue. AKA the gritty origin story. <laughs> mm, true. So yes, thank you for having me. Not a problem. I hope that we can broker some sort of accord. Yeah. Yeah. And um, let's just let that iron curtain fall. Thaw these frosty relations. Absolutely. It's ice to have you here. Oh, okay. oh. Yeah. set a terrible precedent. <laughs> I've been kicked off the podcast. Yes. We'll replace you. It'll be like Destiny's Child. Mm. Oh. <laughs> the mystery third singer at all times. <laughs> oh, no, no. But yes, Just kidding. We will start the thaw today. The, the healing process yes. will begin. We're Thank ready. You. We're ready. We're so, ready. Jess, our first ever guest. Darren Star. What is up with you? Where are Way too many puns. I like Way it. It's very appropriate. I think I said It's very... <laughs> I feel like I even said that one earlier and no one caught it, so I was like, I deserve to be groaned at for that. <laughs> anyway, so Jess, which Sex in the City lady are you? So, after much personal turmoil on this subject, I think I am somewhere between an aspirational Miranda and in reality more like a Carrie and Charlotte hybrid. Because I would like to believe I'm much more cynical and knowing than I actually am, and I'm probably much more old-fashioned and romantic and naive than I actually am. So, yeah, somewhere somewhere in between those ladies, there's not an ounce of Samantha in me. And I'm probably <laughs> the worst for it. Like a little shake of the purple yeah, I, mean, I, I feel like every now and then someone says to me, You should be more like Samantha. And I go, Yeah, that's a great idea. And then, like, an hour later, I get self conscious and go, No, no, I can't. You should buy so, new underwear. That's, that's what prob- Samantha would do. Yeah. <laughs> Like, or moments rabbit. of confidence are inspired by Samantha-tude, and just, it goes away. It comes in waves. <laughs> too infrequent waves. So Well, you know, too many chili flakes, and then you can't taste your food. So. That's true. Absolutely. But a little spice might do you some good, Jess. It could. That makes yes, me wonder definitely. what this show would be like if it was all Samantha's. <laughs> it's uh, called Real Sex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not sure they could even show it on HBO they after could. a while. It'd be like that, that special channel that you have to pay extra for. Yeah. <laughs> Fully on Skinamax, the Samantha show. There's a market for that. Oh, there's definitely a market for that. Yeah. yeah. There, there's like an entire block. There's like a hundred channel block of the raunchy stuff. I don't even think I make it up to that, that number. I'm not, I know, it's not like in the 800. That's so much scrolling. It's, it's up there, yeah. It's one of those those like triple digits and I don't yeah. get up there. Like right before you get to the music channels. I was going to say FXX. That's one mm. that's like 800 and something or another. Or all of the HD channels are kind of like weird, wacky. Yeah, I don't have cable in my real life. No. So when I visit my family, well, I'm like, where is this channel? And I'm always like, ah! Look, I mean, it's so, so you guys have it? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's stuff you had to pay for. That's stuff you had to like punch in a code oh, to like okay. 
But when I'm trying to find inge- Investigation Discovery. Fun fact, <laughs> on all Comcast, Investigation Discovery is 111. Yeah, they have the right TV. <laughs> I had that once at a hotel. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> so Especially many in a rainstorm. Which there must be at least a subsection of the, the Sex and the City fandom that discovered it through a hotel channel at some point. They were like, well, I well, was staying sure. in, in, you know, a Holiday Inn over the weekend. And, of course, I was looking for the raunchiest thing available well, that was free. They always have HBO at hotels. They, they always, always have, have HBO. HBO. That's the only <laughs> way I would be able to watch HBO in high school. Mm-hmm. You frequented the What? <laughs> My dad's a pilot, guys. Ah, okay. <laughs> we travel. LaRue camping is an embassy suites and some sleeping bags on the floor. That sounds mm-hmm. fancy. It's glamping. Mm, that is glamping. The original glamping. That's the only way I do it. So, Jess, what was your foray into the Sex and the City universe? Well, I'm glad we got to the point of, like, basic cable conversations, because I grew up with HBO. I don't know how I grew up with it. So, I have this very visceral memory of being in high school and watching with a group of my mixed male and female friends an episode of Sex and the City. And I can't remember for the life of me which episode it was. But I do remember the horrified looks on the faces (laughs) of the adolescent boys around us. (laughs) As they saw that we were all watching this thing, which had very well-educated, in the sexual experience, women talking about their experiences. And I think all these teenage boys were watching this conversation on screen going, oh, we're fucked. (laughs) Like, they they realized that we were getting information that they were not having access to. So that was interesting. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can imagine yeah. Samantha in particular being oh. just terrifying. For a teenage boy yeah. to see that portrait of a really confident, slightly older, certainly sexy Quite older being. than a teenage boy, though. Yeah. Much older than a teenage Quite boy, but also like the mother's age. A woman who was not, um, unlike the other characters on the show, really certain about what she wanted. I think it was right around the time of American Pie. This idea of the MILF, the older woman who really knew what she wanted. Stifler's uh, mom. Yeah, yeah, but Samantha's not like a Stifler's mom because Stifler's mom is no. kind of this sad sack fading beauty, and Samantha's very much like. And she has no children, so on the pulse. Yes, yes. Yeah. has no. Yes, yes. correct. There's some very key differences, she, but I she's think a cougar. Them, which wasn't, I don't think was in the parlance that we just Mm-mm. discovered milk. Yeah. Cougar we were, wasn't We were not curious. It may have been the episode where she's dating the guy where his semen tastes terrible. Oh, he's spunk. Oh my episode. gosh. It might have been that episode. Can I cancel my rice pudding? <laughs> <laughs> I think it must have been good for them to at least see what the content was. And it's not a dissimilar experience for a girl to see what guys watch in terms of porn. It's a similarly horrifying, like, oh, this is what you're consuming? Is Sex in the Experience. City, like, our porn equivalent? <laughs> Probably. That's a whole episode for another day. Yeah, that's, like, let's, let's we'll table that. I'll make it Yeah, let's parking lot that. <laughs> yeah, but, like, there was a conversation that we were having as teenage girls through this show that they were not having, and I think that was an alarming experience. See, mm-hmm. I think Happy we're on to something. We should write a show where it's all Samantha. Baby took Samantha and broke <laughs> yeah. her apart into four people. Yeah. And they all hang out together. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Samantha one. I like, I like I'm Larry Samantha one. <laughs> this one's always I wanna... That one's always talking about fun and spunk. <laughs> yeah. I feel like no matter what you're talking about with the show, it's always going to come back to Samantha because there's this template of 
the show of how all the issues are mediated through how old these women are. Especially in an episode about married life, which I know we're going to get into. Okay, so in case you haven't figured it out, we're talking about episode oh, yeah. three Sorry. of season one, Bay of Married Pigs. So we should get the origin story of how you met your husband. Oh, oh crap. Right, because yeah. that's another reason why we invited our dear friend Jesse yeah, to be our guest star. Because they met in the typical New York fashion. <laughs> At a bookstore, which is actually true. I'll do this really quickly because, you know, no one likes to hear how married people got together because it's really annoying on a plot of a television. I like it. I think it's cute. It's cute in our case because we were total strangers and we met in a bookstore. I was working in publishing, which is sort of like Charlotte working in an art gallery. It's a very New York fashion. This is a rom-com. It is a very rom-com yeah. meetup. Who plays you? The both of you. Oh, God. Oh, Zach um, yeah, not for okay. you. For you. <laughs> no, no, I like it. She's I, Zach Braff. I'm so Zach Braff. He's the female. I'm Zach Braff. Um, Amy Sedaris. Amy <laughs> Sedaris. <laughs> I know. I like the Amy Sedaris. <laughs> I, would, I like that. On a day. Just go with that. You're Zach Braff, and he's Amy Sedaris. Go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> so we meet in a bookstore. We're total strangers. I hear him talking to the clerk about a book that he wants to buy, but it's too expensive. It's a translation of War and Peace which is something like $50. And I am worth the publisher that did this edition and I offer him my free copy. So he gives me his mailing address. I send him the book. I will, I'm going to say to my dying day that I was not trying to pick him up. He, uh-huh. he That's what you vocally say now. refuses to uh-huh. believe this. Send the spider to the fly. <laughs> yeah. So there was a typo in the very first sentence of the book. It's a sentence entirely written in French, but there's a typo that's in English. So I put a little note in the book copy that I sent to him saying, see if you can tell me where the typo is in the first paragraph. And he sends me this email, which is like a four paragraph treatise on the seven <laughs> different translations that he attempted, which was deeply charming. So yeah, that's basically how our conversations got going. And then we meet up for milkshakes and sweet potato french fries as <laughs> say thank you. I know. I'm sorry. It's insufferable. Uh, and this was in New York. Oh, yeah. This. Oh, yeah. Key like, factor. All in New York. So, Bay of Married Pigs. Carrie goes to the Hamptons. Yes. The best thing about New- living in New York City was leaving New York City. Yeah. I don't know. I, is that true? No. The <laughs> best thing about living in New York City is New York City. Depends on your budget. Like, I can see how a 32-year-old would be overgoing to Coney Island. Oh, on the other dog. hand. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure they had a like, like when she's had it seven times. She's in her barefoot Contessa stage, which is where the Hamptons are. Yeah, like it's a different kind of aspirational thing. And Patience and Peter, Ugh. who look like they are popping out of a J. Crew catalog. Or Land's End. Land's End. Yeah, it looks more Land's End. It does look a little more Land's End than J. J- Crew. Well, not J. Crew today. Keep yeah, going. It's a J. Crew. That's oh. true. It transformed. It's much more luxe. Well, wouldn't it be more like Ralph Lauren then? Because yes. weren't they always leisure wear? Ah, uh, they are, or, like, but it's a certain leisure price wear. level. Leisure mm. wear at home versus boating wear. Yes. The distinction. Mm. Which, that brings to mind the whole notion of the Hamptons becomes this kind of thread that goes throughout the whole series. Well, it becomes like their version of nature. Mm -hmm. And you see this in literature where you have to go to nature, like clandestine lovers meet in the woods or they meet in the garden Mm. to talk about things. So this is their like going to nature, going back to their primitive primal selves. But I will say, having lived Mm. in New York City, you do miss nature. And mm. Central Park is just not 
gonna cut it. It's so manicured. So I get the whole notion of being like, I'm sick of concrete, I need air. That's not funky and smells of trash. When I first moved to DC, cause I moved from beach and coastal forest, I lost my shit when I saw one of those ducks in Farragut Square. I was like, oh, an animal. <laughs> And then the duck looked at you like, what the hell is her problem? <laughs> yeah, red. No, that's that's pretty accurate though, big city living. Like when you see a rat run across the sidewalk, there's a half a feeling of like, oh God, animals. And then, oh God, animals. And it's very, it's this weird disparity. <laughs> no, she, no? No. no, the cheese stands It's all up. the first Never one. mind. <gasps> all right. Okay. Never so mind. she starts this whole thing. You know, Hampton's guests have to sing for their supper. And she makes this argument that single people pay for the stay in the Hamptons by giving married people all their, like, sexcapades run down. I was like, you're a sex columnist. Asking you about your sexcapades is the same thing as asking the architect for design advice. Or just saying, what have you been working on? Exactly. Though, I mean, I feel like my role here is to be, like, the married fact check. Yes, you are the married married fact check. I would say that this story is true. And the reason is, when you are out of the dating game, the dating game continues to evolve. So, like, Nick and I met. Oh, yeah. Nick is husband. You can give him a code name if you want. um, Mr. Jess. And we met before Tinder and Grinder and all sorts of things like that existed. I, so there's something fun and voyeuristic about that. I can see that. I, I feel that. like anytime I have dinner with married couples or people who have been dating forever, it's always the same thing of like, oh, what are you up to? And usually it's the, what have you been, like, what's your dating life like? What's this other personal part of your life that yeah. you don't talk to anybody else about? And so then I'm always like, that guy, that guy's gone. Yeah. Like, so yesterday, that happened, yeah. what has someone else been up to? <laughs> the viewers can't see. The viewers, <laughs> damn it! The <laughs> listeners can't cannot. see your face. There was me up. There was a wink and there was an elbow. There was a nudge. kind of like vaudevillian was, thing yeah. happening. It was good. You missed it. I'm talking about boners, people. Oh, oh. I didn't even get you it, and I was sitting that. right you here, you guys. <gasps> Surprise boner. <laughs> you need like a little boing effect on oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the body. <laughs> no, I feel like that's been done. <laughs> you can make up a new one. But yeah. Slide whistle. <laughs> it's like a crank. <laughs> I don't think I want to touch that one. You know, so, you got a crank to get so, up. So yes, like you go to Steve hear, hear these stories. And then, <laughs> like when people say, what are you up to lately? There are they are asking about your job and your friends and everything, but a lot of those stay the same. The thing that changes if you're single is it's what your romantic your life is like. So yep. when they're like, "What's new in your life?" They're hoping What's to hear stories. What's new in you? Yeah, there we go. That's better. There, there we go. I found it. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Fact check complete. Oh, that is a but truism. While she's telling this fucking story, Peter just looks so creepy. Patience or whatever the fuck her name is. Patience, patience. is an odd name for a person. But well, she didn't have much patience. And she did not As have we much patience. We'll get to that. <laughs> she just looks like she's engaged with the story, but Peter is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why does he look like a horse? <laughs> That's what he looked like. Well, if Carrie 
was a less self-centered person, she'd be like, and then they went and had great sex that night, fueled by the inspiration of my story. Because yeah, I do not want to think that's that. That's like, he was, very strong point. She's very self-absorbed. No, she doesn't think about what... Yeah, he was, he was getting revved up, and it was just very leery and weird. No, yeah. I'm sorry. If I'm telling any story about my dating life with friends, I do not want to think about them... And I'm sure I, I have to give Carrie, yeah, I have to give Carrie that credit. Fair. Like, that yeah. would be so creepy. And then you're staying that in that house. I mean, oh, he, my God. They can take it. You wouldn't know it. Yeah, well, but, yeah he's, but he's making it a little obvious in that face. Yes, he is. That, that's, that's what he's doing. But, okay, so then things take a sour turn the next in the day. morning. Well, patience like is a, out getting the good muffins. A good muffins. <laughs> so he uh, shows up in the hallway, full frontal, drinking full coffee, Monty. but with a shirt on, which looks good on literally nobody. <laughs> if you're five, like this, <laughs> no, like no, not, not even, even it's acceptable if you're five. Like, honey, what happened to your pants? <laughs> if you it, did, it is kind of like a cute Winnie the Pooh type thing yeah. when you're. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's Winnie the Pooh doesn't have genitalia. <laughs> you know, five is kind of about the upper reaches of that yes. but <laughs> but this is this is where you have to ask yourself when are they using nudity for sexuality and when are they using it for comedy like <laughs> julianne moore in the movie shortcuts is there in a men's white t-shirt and no bottoms and she's using it as a scene where she's ranting about the fact that she's been unfaithful to her partner not even julianne moore screen goddess looks good <laughs> in a men's white t-shirt and no bottoms <laughs> Like, it's just not a good look. <laughs> well, when I look at myself in the mirror, it. I do. I, I, I'm the only one that knows, though. I now everybody at, knows. I, I look at like a drawer full of men's t-shirts. You just walk around your house with no bottoms on. Yes, we need to fill it up. I'm not saying you have to be wearing pants. I'm just saying, like, underwear plus a t-shirt, well, yeah. great. Underwear plus yeah, nothing. Yeah, that Winnie the Pooh look. It's just... It's abrasive. It's in your face. And no one asked for that early in the morning. And his butt was flat. In Carrie's words, that's way too much Peter before coffee. Yes. So Patience comes home, kicks her out. Carrie is very surprised. And I will say, the way Carrie and Peter talked about it, it was very chill. It was very much like it was a non-issue. You know, I think what rubbed her the wrong way was when Carrie was like, Peter didn't have any pants on. Congratulations. Well, yeah, that like, part. It was like a... She makes that joke to try to ease the tension. Yeah, but no one worse, needs to know that it, you yeah, she, that, was a, that was a misfire on her part. Yeah. Well, and that got to the core of what the anxiety of this episode is all about. It's the idea that single women are always out to cannibalize men, married or not. I have thoughts about that. I personally... You know, you meet people and their significant others, and sometimes after spending time with them, it's literally like, I could never be with that person. We don't mix. We (laughs) never would. It's just not a thing. I am just so unattracted to you. It's like we are family. You can have the biggest dick in downtown. Exactly. I just think it's more to it than just, you're a single woman, and this is my husband, and if I leave you alone, which, what about Betty White? He can't eat with Betty White? Is she going to... You know what? I... I would not trust Betty White alone with my man. She is a randy old lady. She's I, very, you know, she, she is very foxy. She wants to die mm-hmm. fucking. You can just tell that about Betty White. She, she will. wants oh, to she die will. fucking. I can see that. But my point is, is that she not wants to everyone... die from a brain hemorrhage from an orgasm. Okay, so intense. do not do that on Betty White. We're not trying to. Yeah. yeah, we don't want that to no. actually happen with Let's her. Let's not do like, that. But what a way to go. Now you brought it up, I'm just thinking, get harder, die trying. <laughs> 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 get off 
Walk or die train, and Betty White's case. But yep. that just brings me to the point of not everyone wants your husband or significant no, other. Absolutely. Because sometimes the things you find great about them, other people are repulsed intensely. Yes. <laughs> and Oh, I was going to say that's true, but I think to more of maybe the wife's part was that she acknowledged the fact that the guy was naked. I think if I saw, I don't know, I don't think I would ever actually see, that would be really awkward, but I wouldn't make note that I saw and I kind of assessed. Like, that's kind of like... Well, they were just kind of standing there for a while, and you can't... I'm and sorry, there's just something about anything. a penis that just demands attention when one's out. You just can't help but look at it. Uh, except this is a I scenario This is a scenario where she easily could have pulled a oh, this bathroom is occupied move. Well, she's never she seemed unsexual, said, oh, so I'm he's sorry. like completely flaccid. Well, I like Samantha's comment. Maybe he just wanted to show it off. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's what it felt like, because it, Carrie was right. It, this entire scene did not feel sexually charged at all. Yeah. And he mentions that she saw me on the way to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So he just came out of the bathroom. I guess that's why he didn't wear his pants. Or he took his pants off before the bathroom because he's even more of a child. This is true. It could also be, too, that like she wasn't upset with Carrie, but she was more upset and embarrassed about her husband feeling comfortable to walk around in front of she should be. single people. Because yeah. that's weird. Yeah. That's appropriate. It's like, I can't bring anyone over. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> probably... And, and using Carrie as that scapegoat of, well, you're single. Right. Yeah. yeah. So then we get mm. to brunch, and Carrie's giving them all the download. So we get the two differing ideologies about why marrieds don't like singles. Miranda's take, they don't like us because they pity us. We are sad to them. And Samantha's take, we're not tied down. We didn't make any vows. Yeah, we can fuck your husband. Yeah, we can fuck anyone, anywhere, at any time. And Carrie's like, really? Can we? I didn't know. You know, that sounds like more of a Miranda line than a Carrie line because... We get the impression that Carrie gets laid on the reg. Well, I also think Carrie is also kind of a little bit more, I, I wouldn't say conservative, but because of her romantic leanings, she's less inclined to engage with cheating. I mean, we definitely get to see that part yeah. of her, but she's very morally conflicted with her choices. It's not just like, whatever, I did what I did. You know? Yeah, but as Samantha says, wedding rings come off, you know. They do. It's true. Jeez. What makes you so sure you haven't fucked a married guy? Samantha has a point. But I just found the lady with her prop husband, which is what I wrote. Oh! <laughs> it's so condescending. Yes, the talking so, head. Yes, so this gets back to, because I did solicit a little bit of feedback from Mr. Mr. Jess in, <laughs> in advance of this taping. And one of the things that he points out very clearly is this issue of the men in this episode, for the most part, do not have any kind of agency. They don't get to speak about their own perspectives on what it's like to be a married person, how they interact with single women. Yeah, because the conversation is not about that. No, exactly. But because Miranda and Samantha are debating these two perspectives on why married people don't like single people and it has everything to do with agency. They're talking about married women when they're saying married, married people. women. Yes, and that's fundamentally my thesis about the show is that it has almost nothing to do with romantic life and everything to do with the way that different groups of women interact with each other. Which is very interesting because it was for Dominantly written by men. Yes, which is fascinating. And when you compare it to girls a decade later, so, there's stuff. Yeah, going and men who that. are gay. They're gay. They're, yeah, yes. not hetero. Yes, not there's hetero. a very high camp factor in this show. 
There's, yeah, there's definitely a bit of campiness. It's almost yes, like um, watching this a This is the person... first episode written by uh, Michael Patrick King. I don't know if we brought that up. We didn't. No. Okay. Um, but it's it's almost like watching someone play with dolls. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Barbies. Ten gold stars to that comment right now. Because yeah. <laughs> right. So we get the we get the two talking heads. One mm-hmm. with the married woman. Yes. Who pissed me the fuck off. And then the stereotypical single woman who's just like, I becomes we, like they lose all sense of identity. And I have seen that happen. It doesn't necessarily have to happen in a marriage. I mean, married fact check, you do use the we. And you do start thinking in sets of two. That makes sense because you're partners now. You have to. You can't ride two horses with one ass. So is this why I'm not getting invited to all my couples, friends, outings and stuff because they're like looking at it in groups of two. Like that's the only way they can count. They are. They don't want you to feel left out. I want to make sure uh, you have someone to talk to. So then they don't invite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I've been people's intellectual beards. It depends. It it depends on the person. You do start to think when you're going to like have people over for dinner. Not like if you're all going to go out to a club or something or a happy hour, but tickets come in sets of four. Dinners come in sets of four, six, eight, whatever. It's very weird to think about that. It's not mm. intentional. I will but say when I, in, when I invited uh, when I invited you and uh, Mr. Jess to the theater, I know I just sent the text to you, but I was assuming you were going to bring him. If I'm invited to something, unless someone specifies that it's just me, I assume. And maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's very, very biased. Okay. So, But I, yeah. I want to talk about the married lady. Yeah. She, Go back to the married lady. She, she was condescending. This yeah. me off. Holy the, shit. You know what? The married lady's talking head completely validated the single lady's talking head. Because she's just, you know, some of us decide to grow up and not live in this oh. stunted, suspended adolescence and be mature. And then just like, I don't like hanging out with my single girlfriends because they remind me of how desperate I used to be. And I'm just like, I want to bash your brains in. Yeah, that sounds like a personal problem if you're desperate. Yes. Because here's the thing, and I think that this is something that Sex and the City does not do the best job talking about, but settling down is not the same thing as settling. No. It shouldn't be. Amen to that. What? It shouldn't be. Yeah. And I actually, there was this time in my life where that was something that I really struggled with, that idea that I'm, you know, being tied down to my job, to my place, to whatever kind of commitments. But I'm like, I'm not actually settling. I'm just calming the fuck down. Yeah, it's a difference between, like, an act of choice or just accepting things for the way they are because you're Mm -hmm. like, I can't have any type of effect on these things. They just are happening in spite of me or something. But I think that speaks to agency, the fact that this is a choice that I've made and whatever the consequences, I will take responsibility for them. And I really admire the show for creating a dialogue around what it means to choose being single or choose dating as a very directly conscious experience to have. So I don't agree with that 
bitchy married woman at all. That was... You know, that poor married woman who is going to get divorced in five years and need a whole lot of therapy because she doesn't have an identity anymore because she was so tied up in the idea of getting married and that would make her life fulfilling. Yes. That is actually true. Puke City. When we have an opportunity in the future to talk about one of the wedding-centric episodes, I would love to come back and share some thoughts about that. Because weddings and marriage are two different things. All right, but yeah, let's... There's a lot to unpack in this episode. Yeah, so the next scene so many on to Carrie with Stanford, and they're having a bit of a chat, and they run into some old friends. Oh, yeah, like, even the gays are getting in on this action. Yeah, I wrote down something about getting married in Hawaii in a cafe. <laughs> yeah, well, Hawaii married. was one of the few states that had gay marriage, or civil unions, or something like that. What For year was this episode? 98. Yep, so 2003 was when Massachusetts legalized gay marriage, and that was one of the first states in the I think nation. Hawaii... Beat them out. Really? Yeah. I mean, civil unions were happening in more places, but... Mm -hmm. Well, that's because in the episode they say that a lot of people have been going to Hawaii. Yeah. That was, like, the new thing to do. I remember remember hearing that in my LGBTQ advocacy group. Yeah. Yeah. Which I will say, I mean, you should be able to get married wherever and whenever you want to. So long as you're marrying a consenting adult. Do not be forcing anyone into marriage. No. No child brides. That's not her bed. Or child husbands. Oh my god. Does Hawaii advocate for that? No. Oh! <laughs> no. That's not legal oh. in this place. Okay, yeah. that's what I was like. But <laughs> Hawaii is such a beautiful place. I just wanted to put that out there. It if is. If you haven't oh. been, get on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pack all yeah. the caftans. And your lace. Oh, just for oh, another give you the lace when you get there. I want to get so laid. Just, yeah. just dress like Dorothy and Golden Girls all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, so these guys, they actually proposition Carrie for her eggs. Yeah, so she runs into Joe and his life partner, which is, the line is delivered in italics. And she's like, I haven't seen you since you were, and then he goes, straight? No, I met in Miss Saigon. I was like, well, I'm still in Miss Saigon. I'm no longer straight, because I ever was. And Miss Saigon was the first clue. Yeah, I was like, are you married? Are you still single or whatnot? And she's like, no, still not married, still single. And I'm like, great, then you can totally give us an egg, maybe. Well, they like whisper to one another of like, yeah, they're like, what do, do you, you think, think of, do you think she would? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's ask. <laughs> what are they basing that on? No, there's, there's a thing behind that. So that I think this was still in the period where they said, if you haven't had children by a particular period of your life, you've decided officially not to have children. So those guys were probably reading into the fact that she was still single as a, uh, you're comfortable letting that boat sail for yourself, so why not give us all of your cargo? It's totally, totally wrong for this day and age. And certainly it was wrong for that day and age too. But you can see where they would make that very well, misguided I assumption. thought the idea was, since you're single... Obviously, you're not tying the lady works down in matrimony. True. So true. you're free with all the lady works. Mm. Feel like donating? Yeah, I thought it was like you know you're That's not true. using it. Yeah, because they're using it? they're tying a woman's sexuality to. Her reproductive value. Her fertility. 100%. And that's sort of Miranda's side of why the marrieds are so frosty to the singles is because they they pity us or they haven't figured us out. Well, it gets... Or they haven't tied us... They haven't pinned us down. It gets to the concept that's explored in Miranda's plotline for this episode, which is if you're not spending your time being coupled up, then clearly there's something... There's some missing missing. piece. Yeah. All right, yeah. So let's get to Miranda because... Cynthia Nixon mm. is 
actually a lesbian. She wasn't at first. Bisexual. Bisexual? Yes. Yeah, she wasn't, because I know she's married to a a woman, and they have a wonderful family, but at first she wasn't. She was married to a man, they had some children, and then she divorced this man and married this lovely woman. I guess my awareness of Cynthia as a person came after the coming out, so I... Yeah, yeah. sure. I was was a little... It was during the series. It was during Mm -hmm. the... Okay. Yeah. So I was a little American on that. But, so I thought that that, John H. Benjamin... (gasps) A.K.A. Archer. A.K.A. Bob Belcher. Yes. Who? He was A.K.A. Coach McGurk. But no, he's in this episode and I never noticed it because he does not sound, he literally does the same voice for each person, which I Mm -hmm. love. I think it's his voice. Is it? I don't know. No, I've seen him in a couple live action things. He was in... Shit. And he was in Masters of Maybe it was like Masters Bob's. of None. He it was Master like of Bob None. Belcher and he was in, in Master of None. Yeah, and he was also in one of the Jump Street movies as like a bit mm. character and he sounds like that. He has the same voice and this is not that voice. I feel like he was he was doing a thing. He might have been doing a thing because it sounded a little stilted New York. Brittany needs to leap in because she's got a critical face. Yeah. So this guy is what? He's a voice actor. Yeah. Is that what we're... And an actor actor. And an actor actor. Primarily voice. But primarily voice. And this was before those shows came out. So that's probably why he hasn't developed that voice for those characters, right? I think he was changing his voice for this particular instance. Sex in the City is fabulous for looking at actors before they became famous actors. Yeah. I mean, Bradley Cooper is in an early episode. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I can resist. He's comfortable with that being his thing. I know. He's fine with it. But yes, H. John Benjamin making this very early career appearance as the guy that works at Miranda's firm. Who's been there for eight months and has never seen her with a guy. So obviously she's a lesbian. So Miranda agrees to this blind date set up Which by this. Setup. Takes place at the company baseball game. I feel like that's good because it's not quite like meeting a stranger one on one at a bar with the drinks. If you guys don't vibe, you each have other people to talk to. Correct. Well, very no, so that's what I'm thinking. Like it's very, it's a daytime date. It's super low stakes. Yes. Not when your boss is there. And then, like, that person doesn't know anyone else except for the, the guy she that invited. She obviously knows the guy who invited right, her. She, might have, met, she might have met other people there, too, in passing. Maybe. I just, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't want to, like, meet someone at a work event because then it's that expectation. But we'll get into that of, right, right? Okay, like, but your this boss is the thing, and, like, he, coworkers meeting that person. Because this guy, I don't get the idea that she, the H. John Benderman dude... I don't get the idea that they know each other very well socially because he's like, I've been at the firm eight months and I've never seen you with somebody. I'm like, how many plus one type events does this firm have that you think that she's a lesbian just because she wasn't somewhere where she could bring someone as her date? Well, why exactly does he think she's a lesbian? Because she has short hair. I wondered about that. And she really, she she played softball really well. There's that too. Well, I don't know. Was this the first time they played softball or are they? Maybe, is this like a she, wears, right. she wears power suits But I think too. it has something to do with how Miranda carries herself, which buys into the stereotype that's perpetuated in our society that, you know, if a woman has short hair and if she maybe doesn't like, really, really like dresses as much, like, well, she must be into other ladies. It's also because she's a lawyer. And in it's professions like law, 
there are more you plus your spouse events mm. than there are in less male dominated industries. So for a woman like Miranda to have made it as far as she that's has, right, because for, I say this as well, the child of a Well, that's also why they don't, there's this whole idea of marriage equals stability, of like a grounding in your life, which, yes. but that's you weird. know, there is something to be said by that. You know, yeah, we'll get there. She said, hit it off really great. Yes. Oh, Good. Sid being the woman that she's introduced yes, yes. to, and they clarify that she's not actually gay. Yeah, so they, they have a laugh about it. They clearly have good friend chemistry. Well, okay, that's the other thing. Of this group, Miranda's very much the adult. Yeah. Because the way she handles mm. the situation with Sid is very nuanced and very respectful and mm. kind. And it just makes me think of this other episode where Carrie has a situation where she interacts with people who they're more sexually fluid than she is or mm. have had different experiences. And she just completely yeah goes off the deep end, kind of like a giggling schoolgirl about the whole situation. Yeah, she is, but I think yeah. Miranda... Time and time again, and it's really becoming apparent, she's very much the adult of the group. I would also argue that Samantha is also the adult of the group. And that Samantha would have handled that same miscommunication in a very similar way. Yes, yes. They're both very mature as far as sexuality and and emotion. And also interactions. Absolutely. No one would have ever greenlit the Miranda show, just as no one would have ever greenlit the Samantha show. Oh, what would that show... The the Miranda show with four Mirandas? Chinese food. I feel like cats. I know exactly. It's, it's, it's crazy ex girlfriend. That's it. That's what that show. Means. Bartender boyfriend. And bartender boyfriends. That's, uh, that's I would have watched. It kind of is crazy ex girlfriend. Crazy ex girlfriend is all Mirandas. It <laughs> even has the bar so. boyfriend. I think Miranda's not that like open <laughs> as like in Agreed. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. That no, I think you're yeah, hitting Rebecca, on something. Rebecca Bunch is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, but I feel like she's unbridled Miranda because these exactly. are all facets of Miranda. Okay, that's why that would be one facet. Rebecca, Rebecca Bunch facet. is Miranda. Yeah, thing. she's a lawyer. This is oh, the defining characteristic of Miranda, though her closedness, mm-hmm. her unwillingness to experience new things, her neuroticism. Yes, she's very neurotic. This is true. Yeah, and keep in mind that as the series goes on, everyone's level of maturity gets flattened out based on the plot line at hand. That's true. So there's certain episodes where you go from someone being incredibly mature and wise to someone being very immature for the sake of comedic effect. That's Mm -hmm. true. And but that's like right. I I would say the only character who can. Consistently grows in maturity, and we will unpack this as we keep talking about it. Is Charlotte? They do a really good slow burn job with Charlotte. This will beg rewatching. Anyway, she and Sid hit it off. They win the game or whatever. Impressively so. They they impress the big lead attorney. Yeah, Chip, and (laughs) he's like. My wife and I are having some couples over for dinner. Nothing big. He talks exactly like that, by yes, the way. Yes, he does. We haven't seen no. it in a while. Well, his name is Chip. I'm sorry, but... Well, she calls him Charles, and he goes, No, please, call me Chip. Chip is fine. I love I mean, it. I would I love it. Like, all my friends do. Ooh! But also, so dip. New York, so that yeah. women named Barbara actually go by Bunny. Not even. Oh, we have a Bunny. <laughs> we have a Bunny. Chip and- bunny McDougal. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. So Miranda jumps at the chance because she's always angling for a promotion, and Miranda's totally gay for pay. 
Mm-hmm. Well, just for the dinner. She says, when she's talking it over with Carrie in the next scene, I'm going to make partner in this firm, even, even if I have to be a lesbian to do it. <laughs> That's true ambition, though. I yeah. mean, I she's like going to put in the work. Miranda Wait, reads the politics maybe, of that environment. She does. Did we say Miranda was the Slytherin? No, Ooh, we said we she was the Ravenclaw. We never did. I think I think Miranda might be the Slytherin. Then who would be the Ravenclaw? It's not Samantha. I think it might be Samantha. You think? So? I actually think, I think Samantha. It might be Samantha. If she's not the Slytherin or the Ravenclaw, she's the Gryffindor. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like she'd be like a Hufflepuff. No, <laughs> she's all about her friends. It's Charlotte's she's all about loyalty. Hufflepuff. <laughs> I think Charlotte's Hufflepuff. No, no Charlotte can't. might be Ravenclaw because Charlotte's all about. He has to work here. He has to have this jawline. I want these kids. We need to wear this outfit. We're going to go to this party. I have an eye for real estate. That's a lot of analytics. So Carrie decides to go talk to her married couple fact checkers, David and Lisa. A married yeah. couple. We're not a regular married couple. We're, We're a cool, cool married ones. couple. <laughs> <laughs> On Wednesdays, we wear pink. <laughs> I don't like to think of us as married, more as together. Oh, we're married? We're roommates. I should, like, yeah. I should stop sleeping with other dudes then. Yeah, they have like that kind of back and forth. Mm-hmm. Which are the best <sighs> types of married couples to hang out with? I don't Ones know. Ones that, that don't make you that... feel like you're in like a couple, like you're a third wheel. This is true. Which I... honestly, I don't know if I'm in that married couple. I have no idea. I think you are. I enjoy, I enjoy, I enjoy hanging Jess out are. with yeah. you and Mr. J. Okay. That's, I mean, I hope you wouldn't tell me to my face if it was unpleasant. But no, I mean, there are people who make you feel like you are intruding on their time know, sanctity versus people who say, yeah, you're our friend. You are here as an equal. Yeah. Yeah. So when she meets with that couple, they set her up. Well, I think sometimes, like, when you're a couple, it's, like, this weird thing. Like, maybe you have some type of parasite where it, like, propels you to, like, couple up others. Because you're always thinking, maybe that could go with that. Because then we can go double date. Exactly. Yeah. So the side effect, married fact check counterpoint. So I talked about earlier how when your single friend hangs out with you, you're hearing about their single life as the major things that are happening in their life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the perceived narrative can be what this person is telling me about these things because they have problems that they want us to help fix. That is not always true. Not by a long shot. But if you have a single friend who you genuinely think is fabulous, as I uniformly do of all my singled friends, when I meet another single friend who is fabulous, the possibility of making that connection is irresistible. I understand the matchmaker impulse. I'm telling you, it's like a parasite or something. You don't even, you're not even aware of it. One of us. One of us. Google gobble. It's not that you care about them seeing singled up. It's that you want someone else to acknowledge their fabulous. But before we get to Sean, who turns out to be the rare Manhattan marrying guy. He's a unicorn. (laughs) Before he becomes the rainbow (laughs) fart and unicorn. Carrie says, I don't think I'm the marrying kind. And then she's just like, wait, was that actually true, what I just said? And this is something that we're going to see Carrie Russell with. Mm-hmm. This is very true. This has become read throughout the entire series. Yep. I just wanted to highlight that this is the first glimpse. Yes. This show draws so many distinctions between finding someone you want to spend your life with and being the Marian kind, that I want to know where they see that line drawn. I know, it's a big question for the future. It is. And it's a looming question. It'll come back up. 
in one of the episodes where there's a wedding and there's a couple yes. of them. But yeah. So yeah. just to, to skip ahead, Carrie and this guy. Carrie and Sean. Sean, who is the marrying kind. And yes. she is the antithesis of this. It well, just, she, she has just stated that she doesn't know if this is who she is. Well, I think she kind of emerges as an antithesis of, of his marrying kind. Keep in mind, she well, is wearing white when she know, meets him. He's a deep. Uh, oh. She is. She has on that. Is that the, the red skirt know. and the, the, detail. the white top? She's. I don't know what she's wearing on the bottom. She's definitely wearing a white top. Because yeah. I noticed that yeah. in the scene, the way it was. I have some thoughts about the, the clothes, but I was going to leave that for later. So they go out for a week and a half. They go on two movie dates, pretty tame dates, and then she goes with him to buy a cheese grater, which is a very (laughs) domestic type date. And then I think they share their first kiss, and she compares him to a DKNY dress. I don't think that's a good reference. Not even for 1998. I mean, DKNY was very much a hot brand at the time, but it's not anything that's that's special, you know? So it definitely works with the metaphor. Yeah. It's like staple. You know yeah, it's not it's your style, but it's right there, so you try it on. And that's what dating is supposed to be. It's a dressing room. Yeah. For people. Mm-hmm. But the the shopping People are accessories. Things, like, I felt like they moved, he moved really fast in this. He's the marrying kind. Right. Yeah, his but joke's like, about to go bad. But she's looking at it as, like, but she's looking at it like, oh, we're try- I'm trying this out. Like, this is this whole, that's what dating is about. Trying these different things. Just like you're trying on clothes, blah, blah, blah. And he's like... Let's go and get my cheese grater. Let's go and do this. Let's go and get that. Like, you're doing all these, like, couple things so quickly. It my, hurt me. I, my first date with expectations. Blondie was buying a water pitcher, so. Some it's people, expectations. Some people are those weird. type of people where they're like, I came to the mall, and I was going to buy pants, and I found the pants, and I bought them, and now I'm going home. You know, that's me. That's how they are. No, but shopping for home goods, just like shopping in a bookstore, is very revelatory of who the person actually wants to be. So they're like, I would never invite someone along with me to pick out clothes, like a prospective date. That would not be a thing I would feel comfortable doing. Yeah, asking them to help me pick out like a kitchen appliance—that's more fun. I wouldn't, because then it's like, come over and see how the cheese grater worked yeah, out. You got to see where <laughs> I put the cheese grater in this pizza. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you kidding? I bet he was thinking about the scene in Ghost with the pottery. He's like, we're gonna do but that, pizza. but with pizza dough, <laughs> and it's gonna be great. <laughs> right around the same time. I don't know I like if it's. It. I don't know I if it's it. this. If it's the next episode or the episode before, where she dates the one guy who, like, the young guy? The That's the guy. next episode. Oh, okay. Because, like, these are, like, two different guys in yes. a way, right? Like, one's very immature and one's, like, really mature. And it's interesting that back-to-back she dates those I think guys. that's also something that Carrie wrestles with, which definitely makes sense because this places her at her early 30s, mm-hmm. probably like 33 or so. And that's like a weird cuss because like you're just off your 20s. You're not ready to like sacrifice all of your youth and your fun and make poor decisions sometimes. And I think maybe that's also why she's wrestling with, am I the marrying kind? Because you do kind of have to table some of that but it's more of like a gain. It's not so much you're losing things, you're gaining something different. But there is like a cost that you have to wrestle with. And it's, oh, God. So I was going to say, it's changing of a mindset, too. 
I mean, when you look at the age of these women, being upwards of age 30, which I forgot when I started rewatching this, the stakes for being married are very, very different when you start to cross into your 30s because fertility becomes an issue because the dwindling dating pool becomes more and more important. So the idea that Carrie could say yes to this guy if what she cared about was joining this club and getting started Which on all these different things They have that line really about important. Charlotte treated marriage like a sorority she desperately wanted to pledge. Exactly. Because there's still a lot to gain, financially speaking, stability speaking, reproductively speaking, from finding a guy that's ready to get hitched. Mm -hmm. And that's like an unspoken thing through this whole series. And I think that's why, personally, I relate to this episode as, as a single person at this table. I struggle with that. Am I the marrying kind? Am I the relationship kind? Because I haven't seen, like, where's the guy? He's not, he's nowhere to be found. I think it's That's... because you are a bit of a Charlotte, in all honesty. And I... I think, I don't know, though. Well, yeah. I think yeah. if someone picked out that awful fucking Chinaware, you would break up with them. I would never go shopping with a guy for anything for his house. If you're a friend, Yes. But anything other than, like, if you're not a friend, like, and you're a potential what if person, for a I would mattress? do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love Break that. Wink. Fun. So she did a little, a little shoulder shimmy. I'm just saying, that could be fun. No. Do they let you jump on the beds? They yeah, do they let, let you, you lay on the beds. They no, I mean, you... jump on the beds. No, they don't let you jump on the beds. They, they let you lay on them. Whatever. Yeah, they want you to use them for functional purposes, not for fun. We're running late. We are. <laughs> but um, anyway, Mr. DKNY Dress invites them to his housewarming party. Carrie invites... Jesus fucking Christ. Carrie invites the girls. She well, invited, she invited Charlotte. Charlotte. Jesus fucking Christ. And Jesus no. Christ. Miranda's busy because Jesus she's actually every at episode, a dinner party. Guys. And it's all, it's all married people. And his friends pitch Carrie... On him so hard, it's like, join our goddamn cult. Let it be said that looking at the married people that are at that party, they are doing a terrible job being social people. Because if you go to a party as a married couple and the only other person you talk to is your spouse, you are failing. You suck. You are failing. Why are you even at my party? No. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen this happen, but I'm always surprised. As someone who's more than happy to leave the person I have committed my life to and go talk to someone else for an hour. Well, when that happens, what Samantha was talking to a guy about investment stuff, oh, mm -hmm. and the wife gets like so like territorial, territorial, yeah, yeah, because it's a single woman, and why are you talking? Now I wonder if she was married. Okay. If she was married, if Samantha was married, and in a couple, would that have been different? Would she if there was a, if way? there was a dude standing right next to Samantha, maybe. If Samantha was just married and her husband wasn't there, or no. her part, her her date yeah. wasn't there, I don't. No, it might have been if she had a ring and she could clearly see she was married. I think maybe she would have felt more comfortable. I but I but do they think were they weren't close talking. They weren't like touching. They weren't in each other's physical proximity, and their body language was all. This is just a super casual water cooler mm -hmm. type conversation. And the guy she's talking to is straight out of the cast of Thirty Something. He yeah. is not being taken home by anybody. Huh. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's definitely but, not being taken home by Samantha. But definitely I will not. say that that speaks to this whole notion of this kind of like lack of agency for guys. Like, of course he would want to sleep with her. Why wouldn't he? That's yeah. what guys like to but do. But also maybe and Samantha's gorgeous. And look at her hair. I know, but Samantha is so hurt by this. 
And you can tell. So she's wounded. Like she's, I can see that. Th- this cuts to something deep, and I think it's... My personal headcanon is that when she was a girl, was hated by the other girls. Hmm. Just because of who she was. Because she was, she was just different. I believe it. Something about Samantha identified her as different, and when you're a teenager, different is a threat. I can see at a party, instead of talking with the other women, she's talking with the guys, that... A wife can take that as being, like, trying to protect their territory or, like, pee on their husband, I guess, in a way. I'm going to give a very... That's a different episode. (laughs) No, but... So, to your point about the idea that there's going to be a woman at a party who is walking around only talking to the guys. As a woman, coupled up or not, you became conscious of behavioral pattern. Mm -hmm. It is a very early form of slut-shaming. To look at a woman and say she's a man-eater and this is her agenda for the evening. And I think this is why Samantha takes up that bellhop when she's really drunk. It's like, call me slut and I am slut. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It, it she was is, proving a point mm-hmm. to, yeah. like, the world. She was, like, giving them the middle finger. That, which is what she does and which is why I love her. But you don't do that at a friend's apartment. No. I'm sorry. That That's like poor taste. Though for her saying in the middle of that party, she's but doing shots yeah. at the bar, being like, see that guy? I she, fucked him. him. See I that thought, guy yeah. over there? I fucked him too. And it's probably wedding rings come off. I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. maybe that could have been Yeah, a, and I think this know, is also kind of like... I don't know. Because Samantha is a very considerate slut. I tell you that story? Uh, she likes it when everybody's honest to a certain way. She doesn't like finding out a dude is married. She's fine walking into a situation knowing a dude is married, mm-hmm. but she doesn't like finding out after the fact. That's kind of where Samantha's murky morals lay. Yeah. And I think that's why she started getting drunk, because she got wounded by this, and then she's just like, well, that married dude, I fucked him, and yes. I fucked him too. Yeah, and you're all hypocrites. And how dare you prove that woman right? And this gets so let me prove you all right. Right, and this gets back to the thing that the judgy married woman is saying in the testimonials earlier in the episode when she says, "I look at my single friends, and it reminds me of how desperate I used to be." If the married women at this party look at Samantha and they say, "Oh, I remember when I was the woman that struck up a conversation with literally any guy in my radius," because that's what what they think is happening right when they look at samantha and also it's just such a limited view of interactions between men and women because mm-hmm. she's just talking about her investment portfolio there is no flirt in her yeah. body conversation it yep. doesn't exactly. matter though if that wife has some sort of insecurity mm-hmm. seeing her husband talk to a hot woman like samantha whether or not she was single or if you knew she was single but seeing him talking to a hot woman Will instantly raise that alarm. But, in yes. but do you not trust your husband, though? Maybe she doesn't. But speaking That's to sad. jealousy and wanting to claim your territory, that kind of interaction, like the, the vibe coming off of that exchange, that would not have even gotten on my radar. She might as well have been a, a cardboard cutout. It's like boot butt. Have you seen but that? But if she... Hmm? There's this a viral video about this girl who was at like some fashion show or something like that. One of the people that, who's in the show comes up to her significant other and is all like, you know, "Oh like this. yeah," and she like and takes, she, like, her, takes her foot like, like this and it's like, 
staring the girl down. She puts her boot up. Yeah, that's right. Which and there was quite a debate over whether or not that's a desperate move or it's like, yeah, this is my territory. Get out of here. You can see I'm with someone. The only thing that made me kind of go in to prove who runs this joint with my ex was if there was a spark in the conversation. Their little cues, like they cock their head. Like when I would see a girl like pop her hip and then I would see my ex get a little animated in the conversation, I gotta interject and remind him who's boss. I don't care about this chick. So this this gets back to the theory that married men, if left unattended, are gonna run away like dogs. <laughs> but you don't have a well-trained dog. I, I don't care for dogs, I have cats. As you may have heard in the background of this episode. But what I think is interesting about this is there's a total lack of dialogue in this episode about compersion. And compersion being the idea that you can find satisfaction when someone else is hitting on the person that you find attractive. Because you go, damn, yeah, I picked a winner. I guess the thing is, like, when there's re-engagement. I wouldn't necessarily be threatened by engagement Mm -hmm. from an outside party. But if I see some volley ah. back in the way, that's what I'm talking. You about. like people seeing it serve one way, but not the, yeah. not both ways. Uh-huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean the whole show is. Because it would also kind of be amusing more. if my ex would be trying to not necessarily flirt, but impress mm. someone else and just failing miserably. Yeah, <laughs> there was also. <laughs> That's true. That's true. There's also something to be said for that. Just like, (laughs) you poor idiot. You're so lucky. I mean, (laughs) you'd be be starving in the cold without me. (laughs) Needless to say, what's happening in this episode is that there's a lot of people being threatened by women paying any kind of attention to men. (gasps) Unless the men are available for marrying status. Yeah. It's like, any woman who has a conversation with your husband, threat. Yeah. Which, even when Patience shows up at this party that all these married people are at, she's oh, still yeah. holding on to it. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, Samantha, like, she says my favorite line because she's totally sloshed and she's just, like, talking about his big peppermill dick. Although, I don't know that I... I question that congratulations because I know what a peppermill looks like and I'm not sure if I'd be excited about it. I think she <laughs> Well, they showed a peppermill, like, that's how they that, did. Like, I in the think beginning. she was just talking about length, but not necessarily shape. Still, I mean, that's... But honestly, that's thing like, is too much. That's like your fucking forearm. That's too much. I'm sorry, that's going into your stomach. Maybe that's a different peppermill. Maybe my idea of a peppermill and their idea of a peppermill are two different things. This could be. I, yeah. I don't want something the size of a wine bottle. Jesus Christ, leave me alone. That's a big peppermill. <laughs> well, but I will say when Patience showed up and Carrie saw her and they talked, Carrie said, hey, I want to apologize for the, that exchange that happened. And, and Patience like, ding, 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 don't worry about it. Like, let's not talk about like, it. I'm yeah. watering like, the bridge. She's yeah, sticking like, her fingers in her ear yeah, and sticking like, out her tongue. Well, like, no, it's more of like, water under the bridge, let's move on from it, that sort of thing, until yeah. Samantha said it. So I wonder if Carrie and Patience were ever friends after that. Probably not. She has other houses to go yeah, to. Yeah. She has other houses. Probably because yeah. she had to. But and Samantha then, moves on. Carrie and Sean, the marrying kind, they come to a head towards the end of the episode, and he says this one line that stood out to me. It's like, you can smell my desperation, can't you? There is something to that. There is, but it just seems kind of interesting that this is coming from a male character. And I feel like in the writing of this episode, maybe there was like decision to do that because it feels like the opposite of what we expect because that's very much his character because they don't allow a lot of room for men 
And we see this in episode one, too. They don't have a whole lot of room for men to have more traditionally womanly attitudes. Well, it's the whole toxic masculinity. They're not Mm -hmm. able to escape beyond these very finite parameters for what it means to be yeah. a male. Yeah. It kind of goes into the mm. whole thing about you're on a leash and if you get off of it, you're going to go and, you know, screw everything in the block. And it's like, Which no, not super unfair to do, to do that. But it's, the, it's also the what's wrong with you question. Oh, you want to get married. Oh, you don't have sex like you blow your nose. What's wrong? Are you even a man? Yes. Yeah, and I think he definitely fits into that whole mold that they kind of are building up. Yeah, and then he throws back some very casual misogyny. He says, though, and this is the, I think, casual misogyny line. He says, I don't understand you women. You women. You women. You women. I keep asking and I keep dating. I'm tired of dating. Which is, that's a sentiment that I respect. Yeah. Yes. I would really like to find a guy and then we're just like two years into the relationship. Sure. And next day. <laughs> you'll hear Liz Lemon talk about this in 30 Rock being like, mm-hmm. I want to fast forward to the point where we're just I eating pajamas and sex not the, having sex. The sex of the city of Lydia I most damn <laughs> is Liz Lemon. She's right. not a part of this kid. <laughs> she, different she universe. Different been. universe. So if the series had overlapped, she totally would have been. She is actually the show if Miranda was the lead character. Yes. If there, Miranda there was the Carrie because she's the writer and she's erotic and she's looking for love but she's really career focused. Mm-hmm. I have thoughts. Okay. But the fact that he says this thing about how I keep dating, I keep meeting women, and I keep asking people to get married, and none of you says well, yes. Well, it's not, it's not That's that not the exact at, phrasing. It's, I'm so sick of dating and blah, 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 and all I hear from you women is that you want to get married, but then none of you say yes. Which begs a few questions. I just Number I one, how many women has he been asking to get married? Yes, he, me. Yeah. He asked me. And what did you say? You? Yeah, I said no. Because I was like, But he 10. has 30 <laughs> I in just the bank. met you. <laughs> yeah, but he has ugly plates. So he does have a. <laughs> but he has 30K in the bank and an Upper West Side apartment. 30K in the bank is not. Not 30, 300, sorry. Oh. Better. Well, better. Better. Not well, I forgot a, I forgot well. a zero. Well. He did just buy an apartment, so it might be 30K. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but. It is kind of astonishing to hear him say, okay, well, I'm responding oh, to and, the marketplace demand. And his demand. ex-lovers say he's a great lay. Yeah, well. They just say he's great in bed, though. He so paid them off. Is he? Well, well they were I married. Mean, you have 300 and They're married the now, bank. right? This is true. And they're comfortable saying that in front of their husbands, and the husbands aren't threatened. Well, the husbands point. aren't there. No, the husband was staying. Oh, no, that's true. Those they were, two they were the two. They were the two they're ladies. And also, the drink. husbands are actively also trying to recruit Carrie into this cult. Yeah, he says this thing, and it makes me wonder, is he just asking women left and right? And also, does he not care at all about which woman he marries no, and spends because his it, life with? It's kind of it's kind of like know. Charlotte. It's a club he's desperate to yeah. be a member of. Checking he, the box. It's like he buying just a wants, cheese grater. Ergo. He just wants a woman to put next to the kitchen with his cheese grater. Exactly. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just stand in the kitchen all day long with the cheese grater. <laughs> Grating he, he cheese. He just wants a cheese grater show model. Well, he had Carrie pick it out. I wonder what other potential wives that he wanted pick out things for his apartment. The one that helped him get his pepper mill. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. He does not have a pepper mill dick. No. didn't come up in conversation. No, he's wearing really ridiculous looking chinos in this episode. But I do... I 
I didn't appreciate that Carrie assumed that Charlotte, being the one that, like, wants to get married... She said May. ...hit it off with him. Well, like, they said that, like, that Well, they both want to get married, so maybe they should just do get married to each other. I think it's like, one of those things where she's like, he's actually, like, an okay guy, minus his, you know, casual... Desperation to His get desperation. Married. But maybe Charlotte might like it. She yeah. wants to get married. Wrong, wrong for me. But yes. you might like my friend. This show does very well later in the series with the idea of one woman's trash <laughs> is another woman's treasure. There's an episode on that. Yeah. There is. But that's the problem, though, I, I, I have with that is that assumption, this is your really good friend, and the only thing that you know or you ha- you hamper on is the fact he she tra- wants to get married, he too. He checks so many other boxes for Charlotte, though. The real he's estate. Su- he's successful. The baby He mobile. has the apartment. He has the money. But she has been, the manners. But they're all superficial. If if Charlotte's as good of a friend to Carrie as Carrie says she is, there was not like she spent Char- time with this guy. What what Carrie thinks about Charlotte is the superficial and what she's looking for. Charlotte looks is money manners. Charlotte is the good on paper girl. Until Character kind of evolves a bit, but she's because that's the whole reason why she hooks up with Trey because he's what? so good on paper and ticks so many of those boxes. Oh, and, and just their love story quick so ticks so many boxes. The too. way it did, but it didn't. the way Patience and Peter, how Carrie interacted with Patience concerning Peter, right? Even just seeing his penis, you dated this guy for a week. And you don't want them, but you're going to give them to me. So, like, anytime I have an issue with it, it's like, yeah, that's probably why. Yeah, that's why it didn't really work with us. Or, you know, like, I could see Carrie being that type of person mm-hmm. towards Charlotte, how she was. Well, they didn't have sex. With Peter. We only see them kiss. It's them. not about the sex, though. It's about the, the interaction she had with Sean outside of Charlotte's interaction yes. with him. Uh, I'm going to give Carrie the benefit of the doubt on this one, which I never do. So, wait, before we get too far afield from it, because, of course, Charlotte rejects this guy because he has disparate tastes in flatware. Well, that's that's a non-negotiable box. Uh, yes, For it Charlotte, is. Yes. For Charlotte. No, in general. <laughs> Obviously. But this all comes on the heels of what happens after this party with Samantha having stayed over at Charlotte's, drunk on tequila, and then picks up Charlotte's bellboy who is a very handsome Irish. That's why they did it. That's so, like, no. That doesn't even work, but we'll get to that. I will say it was very rude of Samantha to bring a man in someone else's house like that. Like, that's a doorman. That's someone you don't really know that often. Like, I would have been like, this is a stranger. Now he knows which apartment building I like, which, which room, which he, build, which apartment I live in. To be fair, he would have been able to find that out. If he wanted to, like, kill you, he could have done it. Yeah, it just creeped, it just creeped me out. It's, it's mainly out. him walking mm. in, seeing her in her underwear, Charlotte in her underwear. Was she in her underwear or was she, she just in she a nightie? She was a, yeah, it's but a for underwear. a lot of people, that like, feels like underwear. Especially if you're not wearing any bottoms. Yeah. Which she was wearing bottoms. It's Charlotte, Charlotte. Was always wearing bottoms. Charlotte was. She wasn't wearing a bra though. She might be wearing two she, sets. Of you know what? Charlotte might have been wearing a bra too. Maybe pasties. Some <laughs> some day to parse. Charlotte seems like a never nude. <laughs> She's got denim jeans shorts. Why do you think people are so averse to being categorized as a Charlotte for this exact reason? <laughs> I can see that. That checks out. Yeah. But yeah, so he's there. Yeah. He's there. It's inappropriate. It's just weird, but Charlotte handles it with aplomb. She does. She's she's very classy about it. (laughs) She just makes this kind of like 
gaping fish face for a second, and then she's just like, I'm going to leave, and when I come back, you're not going to be here. And then he gets the door for her, which I thought was so funny. Yeah, she was going to the bathroom, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah. Like, yeah. And it ends in the bathroom. Yeah. Mm. Episode starts in, with a bathroom, ends with an awkward bathroom encounter. Yeah. Ooh, so, awkward encounters on the way to the... That is nice bookends. Good catch for it. Charlotte being the quintessential example of how to handle the uncomfortable bathroom encounter. To be fair, she didn't have to see his peck mill dick, so... That's true. He was, he was in his underpants. He was actually kind of scrabbling his clothes together. Yeah. He had the dick. And he covered himself. On. And he was covering himself almost just, a little. He was a little like. He was doing nudity. Showing off like a monkey. Yeah. Like top a half. <laughs> yeah. Top. Covered bottom half. If it had been inverted, I don't care how handsome he is. I guarantee it wouldn't have looked good. Yeah. He was very handsome, though. Very handsome. So then the Our episode ends off with the wonderful opus Respect by Aretha Franklin, which I thought was a very bizarre choice. Simply for the lyrical content, are they talking about respect between the two partners or between the two warring bodies? They're talking about respect between the two warring bodies. Yeah. I do, but I just feel like it's just an odd kind of like, let's end this on a campy fun note. Cue yeah, it's... Franklin. It's After we talk about Northern Ireland and the Yeah, so that Northern... Woo! So... Bradshaw's understanding of geopolitics is incredibly lacking because, and also, this is just such a weird, I was completely, you know what, this can be a B-side, and I don't care. I'm going to get on my Northern Ireland rant. to end it, but okay. No, we'll, we'll circle back. Final thoughts. We have to give our Twitter handle and whatnot. Oh, shit. I figured it out, though, because I was like, why the fuck is she bringing up the troubles? And it's because of the Good Friday Agreement which was signed in April 1998, which is probably when they were writing Ooh. and developing this, because this came out in June 98. So this probably felt very timely and edgy to put in, and since they're talking about long-standing conflicts. However, the troubles just doesn't fit with... Like, I mean, it's clunky and obvious, but the Cold War metaphor works. Mm-hmm. And it's sustained throughout the episode. They bring up the troubles, and it, it's just like, so the modern understanding of the Cold War was that no one actually died in it, which is not true, but that's a story for another day. But in just the 90s, over 30 bombings and over 500 conflict-related deaths in that, and it had been going on for so long, and it had nothing at all to do with communism. The metaphor doesn't work. That is okay. Let's wrap this up. No! <laughs> so, who was the costume designer? Was it still Patricia Fields? It's still Patricia Fields. I just noted some very 90s fashion tropes, I would like to call them, because they're not actual styles. But they're making a comeback. She had on a bucket hat, which I made a note of. Oh, I love those for summer outings. I hate bucket hats with a passion, but they're coming back. The Why? Yeah. <laughs> it lands in. Um, but then everything is That's my face. beach attire. She had a, a, a nice little bandana as a hair accessory. Mm-hmm. That was a huge trend. Which I thought was cute. I wore a lot of that. She has... Cuter than a bucket hat. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would say um, so. There's an 
outfit in this episode where she's wearing a nude tube top with a camel colored jacket over it. Camel on camel. Ca- yeah, the different shades of beige, one on top of the other. Which How is to dress very, like a condom. Like, now she just needs the khaki bucket hat. Well, monochrome dressing is very much uh, a late 90s trend where it's like, I'm going to wear blue, but I'm going to wear it yeah. head to toe in different shades. I do that with black. But that's different because black is always in style. Whereas there's but something the time, about the suede next to my the cotton. Acid, my ashy jeans. Yeah. What? Well, if you had all I that, but so. it was pink, <laughs> then yes, that would yeah. be one of those. But that that would be one of those things where we wouldn't sit next to each other. <laughs> yeah. I yes. and yet Miranda wears suits. Oh. I love her fake lesbian date suit though. In her yeah. tie. She Did she wear a tie? Always. Yeah. We didn't even finish talking about that. Always day to night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With Miranda's outfits. But there was so much frosty makeup. I really Oh my god. I really Oh wait, you mean in, you mean in I mean in, in reality. Okay. The frosty makeup. Because I was like, it stays for a while. I hate to break it too. <laughs> I know the metallic blues and the frosty lip shades, and it's just so abrasive almost. It's yeah. just oh, kind it of, makes her look so harsh. It's not forgiving to anyone. It's mm-hmm. a hard color palette to pull off. And especially when you have a sharp face. She's very strong featured. Yeah, which... But that was just the style at the time. But so That color palette was very much hit. Because Carrie's very much on trend. But, see, Samantha is also a bit on trend and a bit edgy with her looks. And I don't get that same harshness from Samantha's styling as I do from Carrie's. Samantha is... And is that, is that because Samantha is more well-off than Carrie? Is Are they trying to... Because I honestly don't think that show this show is that nuanced. I think it's more a thing of Carrie engages with fashion, whereas Samantha doesn't. So Samantha's buying designer clothes and all of those things, but she's not taking it and styling it in any type of way. You don't see a perspective from Samantha. She just puts the clothes on. Whereas Carrie, she takes her clothes, and maybe some of them are designer and some of them are vintage, but she she puts them together in a way that speaks to her vision of how she wants to look. I think it's important to remember that Samantha is a good five to ten years older than some of the women in the show, because when what she wears to that party of all the couples is a classic 70s going out to meet people outfit. She it's a Halston yeah. deep V halter mm-hmm. dress. Samantha remembers Studio 54. She was there. He was a little too young to go to Studio 54. Mm -hmm. And she's more of a child of the 80s. Yeah. And there's a very interesting thing that happens when you see Samantha dress as a power dress. She's channeling Lauren Hutton. Mm -hmm. She's not channeling, like, Murphy Brown. Which is no. what Carrie could be channeling theoretically. I, I feel that's like more Murphy, like Miranda. Yeah, I was, yeah, that's exactly she's what I was about to say. Brown. I don't think Carrie power dresses because she's not. I don't see not her until much later in the series. Yeah. When yes. she gets a little bit of ambition because and she realizes her financial state. Definitely, and she's a different Which kind of, the, an, of career. Yeah, different industry. Creative. Yeah, yeah, but it's interesting. It is. But, but Samantha still color blocks. Like even if she gets. That pink dress, she also gets that matching pink blazer mm-hmm. to wear with it. She stays with the same color she, scheme she of the palette. time. Her looks are all on a similar palette. Yeah, and what Samantha wears under her trench coat when she goes to seduce that guy is very yeah. telling. Because she's 
Yeah, she like, had like the, the garter belt. Wearing right? the like, full on garter belt. Like she either went out yeah. ready to show someone that. That outfit. is. She I think that's under her clothes. Yeah. That's just how she rolls. That, that, bra, that is how she rolls. That dress, though, could not have been worn with that bra, which made me think did she take Charlotte's bra <laughs> and put it on to go see I don't think they share a cup size. I, no. It's a different right. question. Anyway, we are finally wrapping this episode up. We're going to leave you puzzling over Samantha's undergarments. You're welcome. As we all do from time to time. This is true. Yeah. Anyway, you can email us if you want to tell us that we run too goddamn long, which is fair, or if you have thoughts about the Cold War between singles and marrieds, you can email us at sassypodcast at gmail.com, right? Yes. Yes. Sassypodcast at gmail.com for your questions, comments, Deep psychological analysis about the three of us and Jess C, no, who's only been here way. once. So really, what the fuck do you know? I've given you lots of material. <laughs> you can also follow us at Twitter at SATC Podcast and look us up online at SATCPodcast.com. All right, yeah. So it's just the email that's different. We're tricky that way. Don't blame us. It was already bought. <laughs> anyway. Pew pew motherfuckers! Pew 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 pew